Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. It is officially time to begin one of my favorite exercises we do here at CR, a tradition that began last season, but one we hope to carry into each and every college tennis season moving forward. That, of course, is an exercise we refer to as NCAA Press Row, where I attempt to speak with each of the remaining 16 men's and women's head coaches prior to the start of the NCAA Tournament round of 16. Now, each of these conversations you'll hear over the next few days will be relatively similar in format. I want to talk to each of these coaches about their NCAA opening weekends, what allowed them to advance to this NCAA Sweet 16. Then I want to recap the season, where things stand. I want to talk about each team's best win of the year, the match they perhaps would like to replay the most from the course of the season. We'll talk about the team MVP, the most improved players that have made the success possible for all of these teams this season. Then, of course, I got to pick the coaches' brains about some big picture topics. I want to talk about the Super Regional format going to the top eight seeds for this round of 16 versus the traditional all-sweet 16 matches are played at one location format. What do these coaches prefer? Still very early in the exercise of determining if the Super Regional is worthwhile, but always fun to hear the coaches' initial reactions. And then, of course, we'll try to preview all of these Sweet 16 matches. I will try to coax as many match calculi as I I can from each of these coaches. What is their pathway to four points? How do they project their team's success moving forward throughout the NCAA tournament? We'll talk about all of that and so much more. Again, have a jam-packed week of content prepared for all of you listeners as we get all of you ready for the 2022 college tennis season's home stretch. Of course, you're going to be able to find each of these conversations both here on the Cracked Interviews podcast feed as well as on our website, CrackedRackets.com. Of course, you will also hear the same intro outro on each of these podcasts. I do apologize for that fact. Just makes life a little bit easier, a little bit cleaner for both myself and super producer Daniel Westoff. But again, over the next five days, I will attempt to speak with each and every men's and women's head coach remaining in the 2022 Division I NCAA tournament. Of course, the reason we're able to do that here on the Cracked Interviews podcast is because of the support we get from all of you college tennis fans out there who have tuned in week in, week out. We are immensely grateful for that fact. Also, I have to give a huge shout out to our friends at Swing Vision, who, of course, are on the forefront of all artificial intelligence innovations happening within the tennis world. If you are a college tennis head coach listening to these podcasts, if you are a player, if you are someone with high-level tennis aspirations, download the Swing Vision app today. You'll have access to more data, more things to improve your tennis game than you ever had before, all within the palm of your hand in an app on your phone. So again, learn more about our friends at Swing Vision by clicking on the link in the description to this podcast. I promise all of you, it is the most efficient way to improve your game in the modern day. A huge thank you to our friends at Swing Vision. Use that promo code CRACK20 when you sign up. But again, appreciate all of their support for this show. With that said, again, press row coming up. Going to try and speak with each of the remaining 16 men's and women's head coaches before the start of the NCAA round of 16. With that in mind, let's get to this interview. Hey, crack fans. 
Before we get to today's show, I want to let all of you listeners know about the revolutionary work being done by our friends over at Swing Vision. Now, all of us as tennis players are constantly searching for that piece of information that's going to give us that one, two, three percent edge whenever we step onto the court. We want to know, am I hitting my forehand with enough depth? Am I accurately placing my backhands? Am I employing patterns on the court that are putting me in an optimum position to experience success? Thankfully, all of those questions can now be answered via the app produced by our friends at Swing Vision. Folks, it's extraordinarily simple. You're going to download the app. You're going to turn that app on your phone. You're going to put your phone on the back fence, the back curtain of whatever court you're playing on. You're going to hit record. And then using artificial intelligence, Swing Vision is going to break down your performance. If you click on the link that you find in the podcast description here on today's episode, you'll go right to the Swing Vision website. And of of course, friends who use our Cracked Rackets promo code CRACK20 are going to get an additional $20 discount and a free 14-day pro trial on the Swing Vision app. Again, you use that promo code CRACK20, $20 discount, as well as a free 14-day pro trial. How do you find the link? To get signed up, just go back to your podcast feed. It's in the podcast description of this episode. You go to the Swing Vision website, you set up your account, you download the app, you get rocking and rolling, get all the information one location with our friends at Swing Vision. Joining us on the podcast once again today is a returning champion here on our Crack Racket Show, someone you know best as the head coach of the University of Virginia women's tennis team. Welcome back to the show, Coach Sarah O'Leary. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Alex. Uh, It is always a pleasure to get the chance to chat with you. And I will say it, one of the most impressive victories of the opening weekend of the NCAA tournament had to be the Cavaliers 4-0 victory over Princeton. Let's just get right into it. Your assessment of how your team performed in the tournament's opening weekend. Uh, It was a good opening weekend for us. We were were definitely very prepared for that Princeton team. Um, We have a ton of respect for that program, for those coaches. Um, We know how talented they are and and what a dangerous team they were. So um, we were, I felt like we were really ready for that match. Um, The doubles was tough. Uh, It kind of went back and forth, but our two seniors, Sophia and Amber, uh, came through at the number three position after we had we had won the match at two one and one we were down five six so it was definitely a battle but our our number three team our two seniors who have a ton of experience came through won the match seven five um, and then in singles they just went to work we won six first sets and we knew getting off to a good start was going to be important and I felt like the girls just knew what they needed to do put their heads down and went to work they played really composed and super professional and I felt like just played really well. So it was a good start for us. You mentioned it, the six first sets, obviously, anytime you can take doubles in six first sets, you feel pretty good uh, about your team's chances to advance to the next round. And I'm sure you're sick of the questions about Emma. So I want to start on the other side of your lineup. And in particular, you look at Heba and Sarah. I mean, over their last 10 matches, Sarah seven or eight and one, excuse me, in her last 10, Heba seven and two, they're clicking at the bottom of their of the lineup to what do you credit the, that effort I think that they've 
they've just learned a lot over this season. Um, you know, they've definitely taken some tough losses, but I think they took those losses in the best way possible. Um, Sarah in particular had a really tough weekend when we went down to Duke and UNC, she just wasn't playing well, wasn't really understanding how she needed to construct points and, and wasn't competing her best. And, I think she, she understood that she took ownership of that. And the last few weeks have been unbelievable with her on the practice court. Um, you know, we've watched a lot of video. She's just soaking all the information in. And I think she's extremely motivated right now. I think her match against NC state at our place, it came down to her, the full third set came down to her and she just competed so well. She didn't let the moment get too big for her and just played the way she knew she had to play and, and competed so well. And I think that that was a huge confidence boost for her. So she and Hiba are playing some great tennis. I mean, Hiba, this is, I think her time of the season is, you know, last year she really, you know, started playing well in CAA time. It seems like she's always the one clinching the matches for us. So she's, um, she's dangerous right now and just playing really solid and, and competing really well. And yeah, I'm really proud of both of them. So they've had a good stretch here. Yeah, no, I mean, again, it feels as though the team is clicking it on all, on all cylinders and for your program, it's second consecutive sweet 16. And I believe prior to last season, the team had not made the sweet 16 since 2016. What does it say about the Virginia Cavaliers that you all were able to do this back to back seasons? I'm really proud of the girls. Um, you know, I think they're they're starting to realize, you know, how what a tough team they are and, and how good they actually are. I think getting that experience last year is going to help us tremendously going into our match tomorrow. So, um, yeah, I think it's important to get those that experience and play in those moments. And, you know, we didn't handle the moment that great last year against Georgia. So um, I think they have a different mindset going into tomorrow and, and we're ready. Yeah, no, it's going to be a very fun match. And, you know, again, I want to talk about that run of 16. I want to talk about the other members of your team. But I have to ask you personally, because we have not had the chance to speak since this happened. First win over North Carolina for you as a head coach. Obviously, when you all knock them off 4-2 in the ACC tournament semifinals. Forget the team. How are you feeling (laughs) after that victory? Um, It was a little bit of a surreal moment for me. Um, You know, I played there four years. I coached under Brian for six years. Um, You know, that's where I developed kind of my love for coaching. And so, um, you know, it was just an incredible moment. We've played Carolina since I've been at UVA. I think it was eight times before this and we had not won. So um, it was definitely great to to get that victory. Um, And I think it just, I don't know. There was a difference that day. I mean, I think Carolina, obviously we have so much respect for them. Brian's done an amazing job there, but I think that morning we just kind of woke up and there was a different feeling. And I think a different belief than, than we've ever had before. And, and it showed in that match. I mean, the girls just played so tough and there were so many momentum switches, especially in the doubles. We were up five, one at the number one double spot. They came back to five all and Heba and Emma just, you know, they stayed tough. They stayed together and, and came out and won that match. And same with Natasha in that, that final set, she's up three zero against Scotty who she's never beaten Scotty. I didn't know this beforehand, but, um, Scotty, I guess they've been playing since they were seven years old and Natasha had never beaten her. So for her to get that win, I mean, it, couldn't have happened to a better person. I'm so happy it happened to Natasha and she got to be in that moment and play that kind of tennis, um, in such a, such a big moment. And it was, it was, it was amazing. I mean, I had tears in my eyes after the match. It was just, you know, something we've worked really hard for and, and the girls 
had an amazing day. They did great. Yeah. On the flip side, and I don't mean this to be critical, was there an emotional letdown the next day against Duke? And I'm curious what you and the team learned from an experience like that. Obviously, Duke is playing exceptional tennis down the season's home stretch, but how because obviously that is a, a signature victory for a program to beat a North Carolina team that, quite frankly, doesn't lose ACC matches very frequently. Was there at all letdown? What did you guys learn from that next day? I wouldn't say there was a letdown, and I will give Duke a lot of credit. I think they're playing really well, um, very solid right now. Um, I think we we kind of got a little ahead of ourselves, with, you know, some of the players. I think they were thinking about, okay, well, what if we win this and – What's that going to be like? And, you know, we, again, we hadn't been in that moment, but now we have. And I yeah. think we learned a lot from it. I think we learned how we need to prepare better that day and mm-hmm. what expectations we need to put on a match like that. So it was excellent experience for us. Um, you know, we did not play our best tennis. Uh, I think we maybe were a little bit tired from the two days before. I mean, we had to play NC State, which was mm-hmm. a battle four hours. And then we had to play UNC and then we had to play Duke. But I mean, that's that's typical ACC women's tennis. So uh, we're I think it's just more about the way that we went in, the type of expectations we went in to that match with. And I think we just need to to make some adjustments moving forward. But, you know, credit to Duke. They played they played great. So, yeah. And you bring up the ACC. Last year, the success of the conference was so prominent. What was it? Six, seven play, uh, teams in the round of 16, something crazy like that. And yet, it did feel like the ACC was deeper this season, whether it was, you know, again, teams like Notre Dame, Clemson, obviously Georgia Tech. It just felt like there were no easy matches this year. I mean, how difficult is it to navigate through that ACC? It's tough. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is amazing to me because, yeah, I honestly, I think the – the uh, conference was maybe deeper this year than they were last year, which is crazy. But um, yeah, I mean, even the teams that aren't in the top 15, you look at Wake Forest, I thought they were really dangerous, really good team this year. Georgia Tech, you know, ranked in the 30s. We went down there and played them. We had to play them the weekend before ACC's and they were really good. I mean, they had match points to win the doubles point against us. We had to finish our last two matches in, in third sets, close third sets. And, um, yeah, I mean, really good team. Notre Dame, I think, took took some steps forward this year. Um, Clemson, you know, we we played at Clemson, and I felt like they competed really, really well. Um, I know they have two new coaches there that are doing a great job. So, um, yeah, I mean, you never get an easy match in the ACC, but – it's awesome. I mean, I think that that's, I think we all just keep pushing each other to get better. Um, and I think when you have such a tough conference schedule and a tough, you know, season all year long, it really prepares you for moments like this and for a match for us like tomorrow. Um, you know, we're so battle tested. We've been in almost every different experience you could think of or scenario you could think of. And so, um, it's, it's tough, but it, it pays off for sure. And I think the teams just keep pushing each other to get better. Yeah, and looking at your team, again, looking at the numbers, I want to talk about some of the players. Let's just start here. Who is the MVP of the 2022 Virginia Cavaliers? Um, well, we did have a team banquet, and we okay. did announce an MVP, and it's probably not a surprise to anybody, <laughs> but uh, it, it was Emma. Um, I mean, I think her record speaks for itself, but the reason Emma is also an MVP is because she makes everybody around her better. Um, I mean, just the work ethic she brings every single day is 
unreal. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter what's going on. She's there. She's ready to train. She comes with such great energy and intensity. Um, and then she also just has such a joy for playing. Like she just makes it fun out there, you know, and whoever's playing doubles with her is just having so much fun and she helps them feel so confident in themselves. And that's just what she's done. She's brought a ton of joy to our team. She's been a great leader. She's a captain this year. Um, and so, yeah, she has a great record. She's an unbelievable player, but an even better person. So it's she she definitely deserves it. And this is a nerdy question. How do you pre- because obviously I know your job as the University of Virginia head coach is to earn victories for your season. But of course, I also know you pride yourself as someone who wants to develop these players, develop these people. How do you coach Emma to prevent stagnation? Because respectfully to the rest of college tennis, she's 21 and one overall. She's lost two dual matches in her career. She's as good, if not better than the rest of the field. And I'm curious how you approach coaching Emma to ensure that she does continue to get better day in, day out. Mm-hmm. Well, what's what's great about Emma is I feel like she doesn't just look at, you know, the wins and losses as making progress for her she loves to learn about the game. She loves to learn new things within her game. She loves to, you know, learn about double strategy. I mean, there's just, there's so many things that she's curious about. And so I think it's, it's easy to work with Emma because that's just the type of person she is. She's, you know, never satisfied. She always wants to get better. And because of that curiosity, I think it's, it's really easy and it's really fun to work with her. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and, uh, I mean, it's also not bad. Just like every forehand she hits, you're like, oh, that's nice. Like, oh, that one was nice, too. Like, uh, that works. Uh, I agree with you. It's got to be fun. And, you know, on the flip side of that, because obviously Emma is always exceptional. Who's been the most improved player for you all this season? Um, I mean, there's a lot of players that have improved. Uh, when we had our banquet, and I do think that this player has made a ton of progress, um, is Sophia. Munera on our team. Um, She had a lot of injuries in the fall. She really couldn't play a lot. But the difference in Sophia this year compared to the years past is I feel like she's really found her joy for tennis again. And I think that she is willing to suffer out there on the court a little bit more. And what I mean by that is like when the matches get tight, she used to kind of want to go away and not want to be in that moment. And this year, she's just embracing it and loving it and enjoying it and just competing so well in those tough scenarios and you know she's come through in a lot of big matches for us one specifically was the georgia match at national indoors the whole match came down to her and she won six four in the third and she was up three one in the third set and morgan coppett got it back to three all it was a long deuce point and she got up four three and and it's just been fun to watch this difference in sophia and this enjoyment of her tennis and just willingness to just go through those tough training days and play in those tough moments and matches. And, and it's just, I've seen such a difference in her. I mean, the other person I think you could say is improved a lot is, is definitely Sarah Ziodato. Um, you know, she had a, you know, she was at Baylor last year. She couldn't go there in the fall because of COVID. She came back, she had a quarantine for two weeks, got injured, couldn't play, really hadn't played a lot of matches. Um, then came in in the fall, definitely struggled at the beginning, but this spring to see the way she's just taken in information and gone to work, she comes in extra, she works incredibly hard. She's, she's playing some really good tennis right now and just very excited about where she's at right now and the potential she has in her game for the next couple of years. Yeah. I, I mean, again, I, I agree with you. It, it does feel like you're, I mean, 
22 and 5 or whatever it is. Everyone, I'm sure, has made some improvements here this season. You talk about Sophia and, you know, again, in the clutch moments yesterday, her, or yesterday, last week, her and Amber, that 7 5 win at the number three doubles spot to clinch uh, the doubles point against Princeton. I believe you've played six different teams at that number three doubles positions, which, you know, that's a healthy amount. Is that something you'll still tinker with during this NCAA tournament, or do you feel pretty locked with the lineup? Uh, we'll have to see. I mean, I was I was pleased with how the girls competed in doubles on Sunday against uh, Princeton, and to see Sophia and Amber, just the calmness that they showed, the composure that they showed. I mean, I think that's what you need down there at, the, at that spot. Um, so I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about our doubles going into the rest of the tournament. But, you know, things change, things happen. So we'll see. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. And, you know, again, looking at this round of 16, you all are hosting Oklahoma State this weekend. Big picture. Are you a fan of the super regional format we have or the one site super sweet 16? So I have never experienced the super regional. Um, we, I guess the last time they did it was 2019 and we lost in the second round to South Carolina. So I've actually never experienced this. Obviously I've, I've been at the final site for the round of 16 before, but um, I think you'll have to ask me this question maybe after this weekend. Uh, it's definitely been nice being able to be in Charlottesville because the girls have had finals. They Three of them finished their last final yesterday. So just to be here and be able to do get their finals done here and train here has been amazing. Uh, I think it's definitely great for the top eight seeds, you know, not having to travel as much. But for those other teams, I don't know. I just I don't have the experience to really say yet. Mm-hmm. Rock, paper, scissors between you and Andreas to see who plays the Friday match. We didn't have a choice. They told us <laughs> the men got to play first. <laughs> yeah. No, I, you know, again, that would have been greater. Like, hey, ground stroke game to 10. Winner gets to decide. Like, let's figure it out. That, that's what I would be doing. Uh, but no. And, you know, again, you guys are taking on an Oklahoma State team. Certainly has plenty of depth. And obviously, us pundits talk about the season all year long. It does feel like, and we're at the Sweet 16, and it's May 13th or whatever it is. I have no freaking clue who's going to win the NCAA tournament. I have no idea who the favorite even is at this point. I'm curious if you feel that way and if that's a good thing for college tennis. I think there's so much depth in college tennis now. Um, it's exciting. It's mm-hmm. it's great. I think it's it's these players just keep getting better. These teams keep getting better. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think it's a great thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it is going to be an exciting May. I feel like it's going to be a big weekend of four threes. And, you know, again, as you look at your team and as you, against this Oklahoma State team, I'd ask you for match calculus, but I've learned I'm just not going to get it. Um, so, you know, again, what are you looking more broadly for from your team as you all approach this Sweet 16? Um, you know, I just want them to approach this match like we've been approaching all of our matches, I would say, over the last five or six weeks. I think that there is just this different belief within our team right now. They're playing extremely courageously right now. Um, They're enjoying the tough moments. They're, you know, willing to suffer. Like I said out there, willing to run down every single ball. Um, They're just really gritty. And, you know, that's, that's what we have to do tomorrow. We have to show up with that mentality and that that understanding that we're going to have to earn everything that happens tomorrow. And, you know, that's what they've been doing the past few weeks in our matches and their practices. And so, you know, just going in with that same mentality tomorrow. Yeah, it's again, it's going to be a fun match. All right. Again, some more broad questions about your season just to help all of our fans and listeners prepare for this Sweet 16. If you could replay any match from 2022, which would you pick? 
Duke match at the ACC <laughs> final. Yeah, yeah, we just we just didn't we didn't compete and play the way that I know we can, and just mm-hmm. you know took it on a little differently than some of our other matches. So definitely that one. Yeah. Were there any inflection points in the season? Any matches? Maybe it was at the national indoors. Maybe a little bit afterwards, where there was perhaps some sort of heart to heart, or you know, some turning point meeting for the team this year. Um. Because it does feel like you guys have been pretty consistent all year long. Again, 22-5. and uh, I'm not saying your team hasn't gotten better since January, but you guys have been very good since January, and it feels like the big thing has been sustaining that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, We have had some heart-to-hearts. I wouldn't say it's been after any specific match, though. It's just, you know, as, as a team, we come together at different times, and I think what I love about this team is they've been really willing to be open with each other, with us as coaches. And, and so we're able to push each other and be honest with each other and, and let each other know how we're feeling. And I think that's, that's made a big difference for our team. Um, And people are, you know, taking whatever advice they're given in the right way because they know everybody cares about each other so much. So um, there really hasn't been, after a specific match, I would say we, we struggled in that Miami match at home, but honestly, I think we were just kind of like, it's a mat. It was, it was a tough day. It was like 20 mile per hour winds. It was just not our day. And I think we, we kind of just were like, okay, we need to just keep moving on and, and keep getting better. So even after that, we didn't have like a big heart to heart, but we have had some heart hearts throughout the season, just not after any specific match, I would say. This is a random question. What makes that, and I know you guys have them at home this year. What makes that Florida swing at Miami, at Florida State, which I know you'll have on the calendar next year, what makes that swing so miserable, it feels like, for just about, like, it just feels like every year someone's going to get chopped on that Florida swing. <laughs> it is not an easy trip. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's difficult to travel to, to get yeah. to Tallahassee and then get to Miami or, or vice versa. Um, Has that flight ever not been canceled? Ta- <laughs> I feel like just every year. That does that that can happen, which again adds another you know struggle yeah. to the trip. But uh, I think you know sometimes the weather it's mm-hmm. it's a lot hotter than sometimes we're used to at that point of the season. Um, I think at Miami the courts are just they're pretty slow, and the way that team plays, they just make you earn every single point. And you you know you know it's going to be such a grind, and you're going to have to going to have to work for everything, earn everything, and so. Um, it's just tough. I mean, yeah. both coaches do a great job. Their teams compete so hard and and it's just it's a challenging weekend for sure. How quickly were you all able to get outside this year? Because obviously, I feel like Virginia's kind of in all due respect the vomit zone. We're like mid-March, you're kind of like, should we go outside? Like, yeah, it's 42. Like, <laughs> yeah, let's just go into the boar's head. It's very nice. Um, we were outside the very end of February playing Boston college and Syracuse. Um, and it was, I would say probably 50, 51 degrees, windy, (laughs) cloudy. Um, and to be honest, that's exactly what the temperature was like when we played Princeton (laughs) on Sunday. So, you know, the temperature is all over, has been all over the place here in Charlottesville this spring, but, um, we were able to get outside pretty early on, which has helped. We try and go outside as much as possible. I mean, if it's, 50 degrees we're going to be outside um as long as it's not raining or snowing but um but yeah we've gotten plenty of plenty of good matches outside we have a great outdoor facility so we we you know they 
built that about a year and a half ago. So that's been amazing to be able to train out there and play our matches out there. I saw the center court de- uh, dedication that you guys had a couple days ago or weeks ago, whatever it was, it all blends together at this point. But I feel like, and I was joking around with Andreas, is that like one of three days in the year where you have to wear formal wear? Like, I feel like that was probably the first day where you're like, am I going to go? Who's this? Like, no, I can't. Can I? <laughs> um, it's funny you say that because I, I walked downstairs and I was wearing a dress and I have a two-year-old son and he looked at me and he's like, is it Halloween, mommy? So <laughs> that's how, you know, I barely ever dress up. I'm always in, you know, UVA gear. So uh, that that goes to tell you how very few times we are in formal, formal wear here. Andre said he had to go hit with loafers. Did they make you go out there in the high heels? I didn't. I thought I was going to have to go out there, but they spared me. So, yeah, he he was out there. It was, it was impressive. Yeah, no, that, again, it, that sounds like uh, – you said year and a half, right? I mean, it is a gorgeous new outdoor facility. It had to have been – I mean, are you guys going to get to – because I remember – Prior to the pandemic hitting, there was a series of futures and, you know, things coming to Charlottesville. Obviously, you guys have the the prominent men's events at the end of the year as well. With this new facility is showing it off and, you know, flexing it with some ITF events in the summer. Is that something in the works? We hope so. Yeah, we're uh, we're trying to figure out what all we can host. I mean, it's just such an amazing venue. And then to have the indoor backup in case there's rain or weather. So. Yeah, we, we love it. We love it out there. We'd love to have as many tournaments as possible. So we've been very fortunate. We're very grateful for, for what UVA is, has built for us. So mm-hmm. No, I mean, it's, again, beautiful facility. And one of these days I'm going to get there. I, saw, I was I, We went on campus for the old outdoor facility, and there was some nostalgia to that. I've just seen, you know, you've seen so many video highlights over the years. You're like, oh, this is that little hill that everyone sits on. I now see it. And so uh, that said, I have seen the new facility, and it's gorgeous as well. Um, again, with all this in mind, Oklahoma State coming up that's Saturday, 1 p.m. Eastern time for all of us who want to enjoy it. Uh, you've seen this Oklahoma State. I, I, have you watched much of this Oklahoma State team? I'm curious your impressions of them. Yeah, a little bit. I think they compete really well. Um, you know, I think they're well coached. Uh, I know they have strong doubles. Um, so, uh, yeah, we just ha- we just have to be ready. And like I said, going with that mentality, we've been going into all of our matches the last few weeks. But we definitely have a lot of respect for this team and, and we're excited to play them. Yeah, it, it promises to be a fun match. Well, with all of that said, Coach, obviously, thank you, as always, for taking the time to chat with us here today. Wishing you and the Who's luck uh, throughout the course of this weekend. And obviously, Amazon is Natasha got into the individuals as well, right? He did, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. so then it is guaranteed. I will see you in Champaign and obviously looking forward to uh, watching you all compete. Awesome. Sounds great. Thank you, Alex. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with another head coach of a Sweet 16-bound college tennis team. A huge thank you both to this coach and every coach for taking the time to chat with us here at Cracked Rackets. Again, trying to set the scene for all of you listeners down the 2022 college tennis season's home stretch. I've been immensely flattered by the reception we have gotten from all of these coaches who are so willing to participate in this exercise. And again, try to set the scene 
for all of you listeners, try to make sure you maximize your enjoyment through these final few weeks of the college tennis season. The plan here is to interview all 32 remaining head coaches. Now, it's only a success if we hit all 32. So I promise you, listeners, that will be our goal, as that is what we were able to accomplish last season. Again, you can find all of those podcasts here on this feed. You can find them on our website, crackrackets.com. A shout out, as always, to super producer Daniel Westoff on the ones and twos. He has a f- of an editing job to do this week, makes all of this content possible. So shout out to him. Shout out to our friends at Swing Vision as well. Again, learn more about the Swing Vision app by clicking on the link in the description to this show. With all of that said, for our fantastic guest, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Swing Vision, from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.